Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It is wonderful to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Uh, this morning, uh, you know, as we come together in God, uh, you know, uh, in the presence of God, I would like to read this passage of Scripture for you. It's out of First Peter or Second Peter, chapter one, beginning with verse two. It says, "By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life." We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his miraculous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enables you, us, to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human yes. desires. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. As we pray this morning, I pray that you would join us together in praying for Glenda Bankhead as she has been rushed to the hospital with stroke-like symptoms. So let's pray for her and let's pray for Jimmy as he was recuperating and still recovering. Uh, you know, but let's continue to pray for, you know, let's pray for her and pray for Jimmy. All right, let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for this morning. Uh, you know, and God, as we mentioned Glenda, dear Lord, tonight or today, uh, you know, God, you already are with her. And God, I pray that you would touch her body and that you would comfort her and that you would heal her. Uh, you know, and God, I pray that you would be here in the midst of this service, dear Lord, and that we would feel your mighty presence today. And God, that this is the day that you have made, then, dear Lord, that we worship and we praise you. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
for us to be alone. In life, feeling connected and loved can change everything. My name is Benaya and I live in Itajaí, Brazil. When I was a child, my father was a pastor and he was the most important thing for me because he taught me how to love God. He was very loving. I remember how he would play with us and teach us how God loves us. I remember the day my mother told me my father had passed away. It truly impacted me and I did not speak for four months. I felt abandoned, like my world was upside down, and I didn't understand why he left me. And it became very difficult for my family. That was when I was accepted into the child sponsorship program. We were so blessed to receive help from someone we didn't even know. Missions is always a special pull on my heart, even though many years have passed since my small involvement in Benaya's life, it's exciting to me to hear about the person she's grown to be. It was a way to uh, participate in someone else's life and contribute, share the blessings that I've been given. My mother was called to be a pastor and to start a church in Itajaí. We moved there, leaving the comfort and support of family to go to a city where we did not know anyone. But when I received the letters from a sponsor, I felt that I was being loved by someone from far away that I didn't even know. The program was very important not only for the money, but because of the support we felt through the letters I received. I believe that everything has a purpose in the Kingdom of God, and who I am today is a result from my childhood. So today, I work with children. I will never be able to return what was done for me, but I hope that I can help many children in my work. God does not want us to be alone. He made us to be connected with Him and with others. Even when we are separated by many kilometers, God can bring us close to each other. Sometimes, all we need is an opportunity, a little support and love. I will always be thankful to the Child Sponsorship Program. doesn't intend Good morning. So as you've seen in the video, um, that young girl received sponsorship up through 
uh, I guess through her graduation and maybe even the start of college, I'm not sure. Um, but if you want to sponsor a child, it is $30 a month. You can sponsor it. It can be an individual, a family, a group, or the congregation, whichever way you want to do it. It is a commitment of $30 a month, and it provides a child with the opportunity for education, social, physical development, and spiritual growth. Um, so if you are interested in a child, I have some names. Um, I will have them available until the end of June. That way, if, if nobody takes them, they can go back into the rotation so that somebody else can sponsor them. So please pray about this and just let me know if you're interested in sponsoring one. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. We do invite you to stand and worship with us again. You know, as we, uh, as we worship, there's a passage of scripture I want to uh, tell you about. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. It says, for, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And it is not by your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that one may boast. For we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So this morning as we worship, let us walk in the grace that God has given to us. He's created us to be, not by our own works, not by our own doing, but simply by the gift that he has provided. And um, as we do that, we all have a story to tell, right? We have a story to tell. And if you told your story, what would it be like? What would someone hear out of you? What would that testimony be? So sing out and worship with us. Think about what that story is. Let's worship.
not going back I'll never be the same That's why I say
Isn't that beautiful that Lord's kindness can lead us to repentance? Amen. Sing that with us. Just lift your voices. Lord, let your kindness lead us to repentance. It's a beautiful thing. We can just usher right into the presence of the Lord. your voice to him this morning. and worship team has done an awesome job this morning leading us to the throne. We are in the presence of God Almighty and He is stirring and He is moving. Chris led us in that song that brought us and it says that I've been to the river and I've experienced His love and His mercy and His salvation. And then here we sing about His mercy, about His love and His kindness, and how in our lives that draws us to repentance, that draws us to come to Him. If there's someone that's on your heart that you need to pray for this morning. I would invite you to come to the altar. If you're that someone that you need to pray for, I invite you to come to the altar. If there's a physical need, the presence of God is here. If there's a spiritual need, He is here to provide that for you. Father, I thank you for each one that has come to this altar this morning. God, I thank you for your mighty presence and being here with us. God, I pray, dear Lord, that your love and your mercy will continue to be poured out upon us here today. God, I pray that you would meet each person where they are. God, whether they're in their seats or whether they're at the altar. God, I pray that you would hear their cries and, dear Lord, that you would see their hearts. 
Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray that your arms would just simply wrap around them this morning. That they would feel your love and your mercy and your peace. God, I pray that they would feel your strength and your comfort. God, I pray if they have never, if they have not received your salvation, God, I pray that today would be that day. God, that they would come down to the river. That they would be washed in your blood. God, again, I thank you and I praise you, Lord, for, for being with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I would ask that the, lady, the ladies that are here, if y'all could just uh, gather around Courtney. Uh, I'm going to uh, anoint Courtney for Glenda. Father, this morning I anoint Courtney as she stands in, and dear Lord, as she intercedes for Glenda. How, you know, God, you have already been with Glenda, and you are there with her now. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would strengthen Glenda's body right now. God, I pray that you would touch her, dear Lord, wherever this is. God, if it is a stroke, God, I pray that you would heal it. God, I pray that you would touch her brain, dear Lord, and God, I pray that you would be with her, and God, that you would just simply invade her body. And God, that the nerves, dear Lord, that were damaged because of this, dear Lord, that you would heal them. And God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would be with Clinton, that you would strengthen her soul this morning. God, that she would be able to feel your mighty presence within her. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, begin to strengthen her right now. Oh, dear Lord, I pray that you would be with Allison, God. I pray that you would be with Glenda and Jimmy's uh, you know, family, that you would be with their daughters, dear Lord. And I pray, God, God, I pray that you would be with Glenda's brothers and sisters right now and, and comfort them. And God, I pray that you would be with Glenda's nieces, you know, just the whole family. God, that you would give them the comfort, dear Lord, today and right now that they need. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God. God, I pray that you would receive all the glory and all the praise. God, regardless of what happened. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, God, we, we are reminded that just three weeks ago, God, that Glenda and Jimmy received that award of, of service because of their love of you. And God, now we pray that you would touch them. Oh, God, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.
have to have the board elected by then. Grady, if you could lead us in prayer. because of God's amazing grace. Robbie was, it's been a, a good morning, hasn't it? Spirit's been real. And Robbie mentioned something. He says, think of how grace has helped you or brought you. I've never testified to this grace. I was almost killed when I was 18 months old. I was almost beat to death. But you see, God, God's grace does not start when you're adults. God's grace came in when I was 18 months old and sent me a parents that loved me and adopted me and got me out of that. You know, I never thought about that. But I thank God for his grace. And over the years, I look back, it's been God's grace. And when I had heart failure back in 14, it was God's grace. Because when I was laying on that gurney, waiting to be the procedures that I was going to have, I was just like in my mother's arms. 
there's a different kind of grace when you get ready to leave this world. And I felt that grace. It didn't matter whether he took me home or whether he left me. And that's what I shared with the nurses. God's grace. And I thank God that one day he had enough grace to save an old boy like me. It took his grace and his blood to save me. If you're lost today, I'm not trying to take up the preacher's time. Remember, if you're lost, please let God's grace anoint you and save you before it's everlasting too late. There is a hell, and it's to shun and a heaven to gain. So pray for me as I sing this song. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. <coughs> if you could see what I once was if you could go with me back to where I started from, then I know that you would see me. The miracle of love that grew within his sweet and made me what I am today. Just an old sinner saved by grace. <clears throat> I'm just a Victories that he has won. 
where would I be had God not brought me gently to this place? I'm here to say I'm nothing but an old sinner saved by grace. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I stood condemned to death, he took my place. Now I live and breathe in freedom, with each breath of love I take, I I'm back with the living. I'm just a sinner. I'm so glad that I'm just an old sinner saved by his blood and saved by his grace. Because if it wasn't for that grace, I'd be in hell today. I'm back with a living. I'm just a Thank you. I, uh, I guess I was somewhere around 14, maybe 15 years of age, and my dad had been teaching me how to, how to shave. I mean, y'all, y'all been there before, guys? Uh, you know, I know the ladies have, you know, y'all been there, but... I, you know, I, uh, I went to a private school, and one of the things in private school was, was that we couldn't have facial hair. Now, that's kind of strange for high school students not to be able to have facial hair because most of us didn't have facial hair to begin with. But, and, uh, you know, and I shaved, and I had this nice, fresh shave. Uh, no, I'm not shaved now, but. I, you know, so, I, man, I go walking in, and I go into the cafeteria where everybody was at for the morning. It was a private school, so we go in, and 
oh man, everybody was looking at me. I was like, oh man, I must be looking good this morning, man. I'm like, look at this. Everybody's just looking, just, you know, I saw people pointing at me and staring. I was like, oh man, I'm all this, man. I'm really good. Y'all have been there before, right? Because I hear laughter. Y'all been there. I, you know, so I, you know, just really good. So, lunch, you know, breakfast is over with and we go off to school. And before we get to the class, I run into the men's bathroom and I step in there and, oh man, it, it was kind of like, you know, I had a, had a little nick right over here. And I had blood all the way down, and it had all came, and it came and stopped right here in the center of my chin, and was just looked like a drip that had dried there. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And I thought I was all that. You know, it's amazing about how God can humble us, isn't it? You know, there's things that we do, and we're like, "Oh man, look at me." God's like, oh, yeah, they're looking at you all right. <laughs> Whoo, man, that, that was rough. Uh, you know, that was bad for a 14-year-old, 15-year-old having to go through something like that. Uh, you know, but today God is talking to us and he's going to be talking to us about grace. Now, I don't know about you, but humans and mainly men, we don't do very good with humility, do we? Mm. I, I, that was too eager of, a, of an agreement over there. You know, not... You know, so, God is talking to us, you know, we have had this problem because we always think it, you know, think that it's about us. <clears throat> I have learned that whenever you do something wrong, everyone is talking about what you did wrong. Right? I've told you all the stories about me being called to the principal's office, right? About, uh, you know, you hear your name come over the loudspeaker and you're like, oh no, I'm caught. Uh, you know, what are they going to get on to me now? It's not, uh, you know, knowing I don't know what it is. It's there's multiple things, uh, you know, so it's like, okay, what is he going to get on to me about now? Which one of the many did he find out about? God is trying to humble us. History, let's look back at history and, and being humbled. Um, Alexander the Great. Uh, you know, he had this vast empire. Uh, you know, great kingdom. He was, uh, you know, he was a mighty leader in the war. And what does he do? He conquers all of these kingdoms that's around, and he decides that he is now going to go and conquer other kingdoms. And he stretches his army so vast and so wide that it's destroyed. Napoleon Dynamite, no, no not Napoleon Dynamite. 
but Napoleon. Yeah, Bonaparte. <laughs> what about him? Oh, you know, he had this vast empire, uh, you know, and he decides that he's going to go and he's going to take over, uh, you, know, um, you know, Russia. He gets wiped out. I found it really interesting. Back in 1415, uh, you know, there's this gentleman, uh, you know, and it's Charles D. Albert. Y'all remember him? Anybody history buffs remember Charles D. Albert? Okay, he had this English, uh, you know, so they were fighting, uh, you know, the English. And he had their vast army kind of captured. And all that he had to do was just simply sit where he was with his army and make sure that no food or supplies would come in and he would be able to starve them to death or at least to be able to have them to surrender. So the English commander decides that what he's going to do is is he's going to send out his flags of color and they go out in his flags of colors and, and he really, you know, Charles gets really upset at this. So he sends his troops in to destroy him. Well, the problem with it was is that for them to get to where they needed to go to destroy him, they had to walk through a field of miry clay. And his foot soldiers were so slowed down in that miry clay that the English archers picked him off one at a time. And won the victory. Pride. We, we are so arrogant in our ability and what we can accomplish that we lose sight of what it really is and what we are really here and truly here to do and to be. Now, the passage of Scripture this morning is in 1 Peter uh, you know, and it's verse 5, but what I want to do this morning is I want to go all the way back up. I want us to look at verse 1. So First Peter chapter 1, I'm sorry, it's actually First Peter chapter 5, but let's go to verse 1. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. It says, And now a word to you who are elders in the church. I too am an elder and a witness to the suffering of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he when his when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you. So the first thing that we get here, uh, you know, before we can get into that key passage, the first thing what we get here is we understand that 
Paul, or that Peter here, not Paul, but Peter is writing to the elders of the church. So Peter is writing to the church to begin with. So this is Christians that he is writing this to. And the second thing is that he is specifically writing it to the elders. Now there again, he does not say the old people. He says the elders. So this would be anyone that's in here because there is someone that's younger than you unless you're the youngest that's in the church. Uh, And we do have our children in the church with us today, and they are doing awesome. They are being great, and I have something for you at the end of the service, okay? So there's something that you're going to help me with at the end, okay? But that means that you have to stay awake. No napping. No, I'm kidding. So we see that Peter is writing to the elders in the church, uh, and he classifies himself as one of the elders. And then he goes on in in verse 2, care for the flock that God has entrusted you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Now, in a couple of weeks, this is kind of a hint Okay, in about three weeks, we will be voting for our new church board. If you have been asked to be nominated to run as a church member, this passage of Scripture is kind of for you because it's saying that you need to do it because it's the work that God has for you. You don't do it grudgingly. You're doing it willingly because God is asking you to help with His church. And to help with the people. Then verse 3. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care. But lead them by your, by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending of never glory and honor. In the same way, you younger men must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you serve each other in humility. And I'm going to stop right there because there's another point that we get here because in verse 5, it begins and it talks about, it says, you younger ones, so the younger people, we have to submit to the authority or accept the authority of our elders. We have issues with that. And yes, I'm lumping myself in with the younger people. Because unless you are the oldest person that is here, there is someone that is younger than you or older than you that you need to submit to. But let's look at this not as age, but let's look at this as experience. Because there are people within the church that are younger than you, that are more experienced as a Christian than what you are. Therefore, you need to submit to their authority and to the things that they know about Christ. I heard this story, uh, you know, there was this, uh, you know, uh, you know, this man that, uh, that had his own business, and he was an electrician. 
So he was a master electrician, had been doing electrical work for over 40 years. And his health had started deteriorating, so his wife decided that she was going to help him out. And she took his phone from him in the morning, and she established his schedule so that he wouldn't work himself to death. Well, in this midst, his business continued to grow, so he went out and hired two apprentices. And then whenever he finally you know, was able, and I was able to talk with him, uh, you know, he said, you know, he said, the issues that I'm having is not with too much work. I'm having so much stress because my apprentices are not doing it the way that they're supposed to be doing it. And he is having trouble with them listening to his authority and doing it the way that he knows that it's supposed to be done. Is there anyone in here that does that? Thank you for raising your hand, Terry, because absolutely every person in here should have raised their hand. Because if it's not being a master electrician, we question the master of all. Did you hear it? I, I don't think they heard that. We question the master of all. That should be an amen or an oh me because we're in the midst of doing it. The one that created us, the one that created everything, we question how he does things. It's been done throughout history. People question, why did you send our Savior into a manger? Why did our Savior have to go to the cross? Why do I have to suffer? If I'm a Christian and I'm following you, why don't I have a big house? I, you know, I really like Billy Holston. He did a great job this week. Uh, you know, and he, you know, I don't know if y'all kind of caught this, you know, but he said, you know, I'm living in a shack here on this earth, but I'm going to praise God because I'm going to have a mansion in heaven. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, the mansion that we get, you know, why don't we get our mansion here on earth? <laughs> we actually have the mansion here on earth. It's just that we haven't received it or we don't accept it because it's not the mansion that we want it to be. I have this, I have this nice house, you know, I, I want this nice house, you know, it's got this, you know, it's got a high peak roof, you know, it has a wraparound porch, it's got the dormers and stuff up there, you know, so that whenever I put up my Christmas lights, I can have a little, you know, these little, you know, things, and then they have the lights all along the bottom of it, man, you know, see, that's my mansion here on this earth, I don't have it, I have a one bedroom apartment that's about 650 square feet. But that's my mansion. Because let me let you know this, okay? I heard the air conditioner kick on yesterday afternoon in that heat. And it ran for about 10 minutes. And that apartment was cool. It stayed at 71 degrees all day long. You know what my electric bill is at the end of the month? About $75, $80. Whoo, what a mansion! Man, <laughs> see, it's the mansion that we have. It just doesn't look like we want it to. 
But it's a mansion. He has blessed us beyond all measure, but it doesn't look the way that he wants it, that we want it to. Therefore, he hasn't done it. He hasn't given it to me. Oh, man. My dad. My dad was really, you know, he was a good mechanic. You know, he was in the army. He, you know, worked on tanks. Uh, you know, he had cars, and he always kept them going. I, I, I got none of those genes. I got none of them whatsoever. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I do know how to, you know, change the oil. Uh, that kind of takes me. I, I, this might help you out a little bit. It, it kinda, I laughed at it. Uh, you know, so we're on the way to, uh, you know, to, you know, my dad, uh, you know, whenever he was in the hospital and, uh, you know, Peggy and I are going down the road and we're getting it, you know, I, it, yes, I'm, I'm, I was speeding, okay, but, you know, all of y'all that sit your, you know, set your speedometer to nine miles an hour over the speed limit or 11 miles an hour over the speed limit, if I am four miles an hour over the speed limit, uh, you know, I'm flying, Okay, you know, so whenever I'm going down the interstate and I say that I'm flying, okay, my cruise is set at 74. And I'm like, oh, man, cop, don't get me now. <laughs> but anyway, we're going down the road, and all of a sudden, you know, I started hearing this, this tapping noise. I'm like, that really doesn't sound all that good. And, and then my check engine light came on. I'm like, ooh, that's really not good. I'm like, but I really need to get to the hospital. I got to get there, you know. So finally, I pulled off and... Uh, you know, we pulled into this, uh, you know, gas station, and I popped up in the hood, and, uh, you know, I'm walking around to the front of the, you know, I've got it up, and I'm, I'm walking around, and this guy pulls up to the gas station, and he goes, sir, he goes, do you need any help? And I'm like, well, you know, I've got to check the oil because I heard the tapping noise. And he looked at him, and he goes, do you service your truck? I'm like, well, you know, I, I take it to the shop, and they change the oil. He goes, do you know how to check your oil? I'm like, well, yeah, I know. He takes over. He's underneath the hood. He's pulling out my dipstick. And he's like, oh, there's no oil in this. Yeah, oh, there's no oil in this. You know, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Okay. But, you know, he looked at me. He just looked at me and he said, man, he said, I know you don't know what's going on underneath that hood. He's like, I need to help you out. <laughs> oh, man. But God blessed me even in that fact because we walked into the store and they were asking $16.93 for a quart of oil. Now, I didn't have any in my truck. So that meant I needed five of them, but there was only one on the shelf. So he goes out and he walks out to his truck and he pulls out a, a big jug of oil out of the bed of his truck and put that into my truck. And I wanted to pay for it. And he said, oh, no. He said, the cross reaches deep. But see, I'm not a mechanic. But God helps us out in the times whenever we're there. Uh, you know, us young people and us and people in general, we need to make sure that we understand who we are. Now, one of the things about this, whenever Scripture tells us that we need to be humble, doesn't mean that we need to be weak. 
But what it does mean is it tells us is that we have to make sure that we know who we are and we stay within our bounds. So in other words, if you are a master electrician and someone comes to you, you need to tell them what they need to know. If you are an elder in the church and someone comes to you, you need to tell them what they need to know. But you don't need to do it in the manner that degrades them so that they never come to you again. We are supposed to be humble, but we have issues with being humble. One of the greatest stories of humility, or of pride, I should say, in Scripture, happens in Daniel chapter 4 with King Nebuchadnezzar. We all know about King Nebuchadnezzar, right? Babylonian king that goes in and you know, captures the Israelites. He takes four Jewish children, you know, or you know, Hebrew, you know, kids or men. Uh, you know, away from them that really sticks out to us in our minds as, as in Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? We, you've got all those, those right there. They're really key and big in our mind. Uh, you know, let's think about this because at this particular point in time, the Babylonian Empire was over 2 million people in the Babylonian Empire. His castle walls was over 280 feet in height. They were 87 feet wide. There could be four chariots abreast on this place. King Nebuchadnezzar, and he is the one that stands on the top of his palace. You remember him? And he talks out and he talks about how great and how vast and how mighty his kingdom is. And he has a dream. And Daniel interprets the dream. And he says, this dream of this mighty tree that you see is your kingdom. And he said, but it's going to be cut down. He said, but the thing is, is that you have a chance for this not to happen. If you would only serve God and recognize him for the one that has given you the power so you see the dream comes it's interpreted it says that your kingdom will be taken away and for seven years you will be out in the wilderness away from people your skin will be covered with rain and with dew your fingernails will grow so long that they will be seen as claws. Your hair will be so long that it will look like wings of eagles or feathers on eagles. And then Daniel pleads with him and says, please, please accept God as the ruler of all. Exactly 12 months later, we find King Nebuchadnezzar standing on his castle or on the top, boasting about how great and vast his kingdom is. Before he got the words 
completely out of his mouth, he hears the words from heaven that your kingdom will be taken away from you. You will eat grass as the ox eat grass. You will be under the rain and the dew for seven years. And then you will announce that I am the God of all of high. And once you recognize that, your kingdom will be returned to you. So for seven years, he was in the wilderness and he ate grass just like the ox. His fingernails grew so long and his hair grew long. Seven years, and then he told God and praised God for who he was. And God restored his kingdom. There's plenty of scriptures that we see and that we know where, uh, you know, where God talks about, uh, you know, about pride and how much God hates pride. The last part of verse 5 is a quote from Proverbs chapter, I want to say that it's chapter 6, verse 34. It might be chapter 3, verse 34 that this is taken from. But it says, God oppresses the proud but gives grace to the humble. God delights in the humble and being humble in, in front of God. After all, Satan was full of pride. And that was his downfall. That we find in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 14. Adam and Eve, pride was their downfall. In Proverbs 16 verse 8, it says, Pride goes before destruction. And humility and a humble spirit before, or a haughty spirit before a fall. Why does God hate pride so much? Pride keeps us from God, keeps us from recognizing who He is. Pride keeps us from even calling out to God because we can take care of it ourselves. I can do it my own way. I can do it by myself. The creator of all things, we tell him how to take care of us. The creator of all things, we tell him, who should be punished and who shouldn't be punished. We tell him how he's supposed to bless us and how he is supposed to curse everyone else. Notice I say everyone else. We even do it to our brothers and sisters. Pride. Pride will not allow the knee to bend. Pride will not allow the heart to ask for forgiveness. 
pride. You know, this morning, I think about this in being humble. The thing about it is, is that we feel if we're humble, then we don't know what we're doing. But that's not the case. Whenever we're humble at heart, it truly shows that we know who we are. We have a true and a sober assessment about who we are and where we're supposed to be. There are times in our lives that pride keeps us from doing what God truly needs for us to do. Do you realize that pride will actually destroy relationships with other human beings? Whenever, you, whenever the words, I will never, comes out of your mouth, Watch for God's hand to be at work. God is asking us and he looks at us today and he says, you know, he says there's things that you have tried to do on your own. Are you going to allow pride to stand in your way from having a true relationship with me? There, in this message this morning, is it's like, you know, are you going to allow pride to stand in between you and a relationship of someone else here on this earth? Are you going to allow those words that in the heat of the moment you said, I will never... Stand in the way of truly receiving a blessing. Because if that's where you are, then pride has entered into your life. And God does what? God despises the proud. As Robbie and as the praise and worship team comes, the song that Diane sang for us, I want the healer more than I do the healing. Part of that says that when did I take the power away from the creator of this world? I took it away from him whenever I decided that I could do it better than he could do it. Whenever my pride stepped in and said, I know how to do it better than you. He created it. He sustains it. 
He knows what he's doing. Do we trust him? Do we trust him enough to be able to relinquish our control and allow our pride to step aside? As everyone stands and every every head is bowed, every eye is closed, We can't allow pride to get in between us and God. We can't let our pride get in between us and other people on this earth. This morning, God gives us this great promise. He says, as you humble yourself before me, I will pour out my grace in your life. I'll give you grace. Do you humble yourself before God Almighty this morning? The altar is open. If there's a earthly relationship that has been hindered by pride, I ask that you bring it to the altar this morning. If there's a relationship in your relationship with God that has been hindered by pride this morning, I ask that you would bring it to the altar and that you would humbly bow before Him and ask Him to work in that place, wherever it would be.
Father, we thank you so much for this day. And God, we thank you for the ones that have made their way to the altar. You know, God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would meet them where they are. And God, that you would continue to, to guide them and to guide their path and direct them. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would help us, dear Lord, to have humble hearts and to look towards you for all the guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I said I needed all the kids at the end of the service, so if I can have all the children to come, to come forward. Come on. Miss Ashley has been y'all's teacher for a while, so I know y'all weren't bashful. If any of that grows, you know. So our compassionate ministry has made a blanket for Luann Fight. Um, and some of y'all know, I don't know, I think, uh, you know, but Luann has been uh, diagnosed. She has uh, somewhere close, uh, you know, I think the last number that I got was somewhere close to 30 uh, tumors all over her body. Um, uh, you know, so we have made this, uh, you know, for her. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the kids, they're going to be part of this prayer as we pray over this blanket. They're going to stretch it out, and then I'm going to have the adults to come, and they're going to all place their hands on the kids or on the blanket, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to fill this blanket with prayers as we pray that God will heal Luann from this cancer. Okay, guys? So y'all going to help me spread it out. Y'all got to grab a corner. I know we have four corners and we have more than four people, but if you don't have a corner, grab somewhere in between there. All right, grab that corner. All right, you got it? All right, now if I can have all the adults to come and to gather around.
let's bow our heads as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, dear Lord, for this. God, we thank you for the knowledge that we have, God, that you'll touch us. And God, that you'll take these prayers, dear Lord, and that you would just simply wrap uh, you know, um, Luann around with this, dear Lord, that whenever she places this on her body, dear Lord, that she feels your mighty presence. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would go with her right now, and God, that you would let her know, uh, you know, that there are people that are lifting her up in prayers, and God, that, uh, you know, that she is in your arms, dear Lord, but she's in our hearts and in our thoughts and prayers. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would just simply be with her. And there again, God, we do pray, God, that you would heal her, that you would touch each and every one of those tumors, and God, that you would remove them. God, we know who you are, and we know that you can do that. And God, that's why we call out to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.